Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson and I'm your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and benefit of God's people. Here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. If you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in today, and may the Lord bless this episode in particular greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. And today I'm back joined with Jason Rowland, our pastor, one of our elders here at Believers, and we're also joined by one of our recent guests, Linda Brindle. How are you two doing today? Very well, thank you. As well, doing well. Good, good. My voice is a little raspy, and perhaps you can tell as a listener, but um, making it through the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just got out of a long meeting, and now we're doing more talking, and that, that wears, wears on you pretty good there. Uh, but today we're doing a recap of a recent trip that our church took. There were 21 members of Believers Baptist Church that went to Israel um, long flight, and I'm looking forward to hearing some of the, the pros and cons to that, right? Hopefully, you guys will want to encourage others to take a trip like that. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to this. So today, uh, Jason is actually going to kind of do a lot of the lead. I'm here to just kind of host the episode. But listener, just enjoy this one. This is just a simple recap from two of the trip members, uh, Jason and Linda. They're going to just talk about their trip to Israel. So y'all well, take it away. Well, thank you, Duffy. And this is an opportunity for what we hope will be an encouragement to the listeners. If you're ever interested in going to the Holy Land, if you have a dream or desire to do that, then this would be a way in which you can be able to do that. That is through Believers Baptist Church. But because we have a travel agent in our congregation who is gracious and generous, hardworking, Stella Larson, and she has provided now for the third time an opportunity for members of our congregation, and it is open to those who are outside of our church to be able to attend as well. And it's just a great learning opportunity. It's not a vacation, and it is a lot of time um, walking and um you don't sleep in, but it is worth the learning experience. And so I'm grateful for Stella and Kent, her husband. What a blessing they are to our congregation in in several ways. Kent even being one of our elders, but certainly in the way that um, Stella provides opportunity for church members to go to Israel. It's just been a blessing. This has been my fourth time. I went in 2014, 2016, 2020, and then this past May, May the 9th through May 17th. And it was a great uh, trip. Um, As Duffy alluded to just a moment ago, uh, the flight is the hardest thing about it. And we'll talk more about that. But the thing I want to say now is I appreciate Linda Brindle coming on and uh, being a part of this conversation uh, Linda's one of the many uh, women that we have in our church that are a blessing, that serve the Lord, bless our people, and I'm thankful for Linda, always have been. Uh, she was um, 
my administrative assistant for about five years. I was, yes. And uh, it was good years. Uh, she had to put up with me. I hope I hope <laughs> she would say the same, that they were good five years. They were good. They were good. Yes. I tease. Yes. I tease. Yes. Uh, but, but Linda, as many of our listeners would know, as an author, has written five books, got one right now about to come out. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that to come out. <laughs> And looking forward to it, and I'll put all the others aside to read hers immediately. <laughs> but with all that being said, I, I am thankful for Linda. Linda, thank you for being on this episode of the You're podcast. You're welcome. So let's talk a little bit about the trip. Yeah, Jason, let me pop in. Sure. Uh, so talk about, I know this trip particularly, this was put on hold for a little while, right? Am I, am I correct? correct? And saying that it was planned a while back and various things. So talk about a little bit of the pre-trip before, before the trip happened. Talk about a little bit about that. Well, we, we had a trip in 2020 and that would have been in February of 2020. And the group that went then, we barely got back before the whole world shut down. We had just gotten back. In fact, we were, uh, as I recall, one of the last flights out of Israel and we were supposed to go back that, that year in May. So we were going to go twice in 2020. So uh, obviously with COVID and the world shutting down, um, we didn't go. And so that is what you're alluding to is that it was put off because we didn't get to go in 2020 or 21, 22, you know, still trying to think through what that was going to look like traveling and the airport, um, uh, protocols, all the things that each of the nations had, it just wasn't worth us going uh, until now in May of 2023. But um, that's a little bit of the backstory of why it took so long. Now, I will say this up front. We are going in October of 2024. Lord willing, uh Barring any pandemics or any of those <laughs> kinds of things, uh, we're going back in October of 2024, and you're welcome to go. Uh, if you're interested as a listener, uh, you can call the church office. We can get you hooked up to Stella and get you on the list, and then obviously as we go through the weeks and the months, um, the information that you will need to be able to go will be provided, and you can make all the plans. Most of it's done for you. I mean, it really is. Yes, it was very easy. Yes. Um, So you just basically sign up, (laughs) and Stella does all the work for us. Right, exactly. You you do have to get your passport. You do have to get your passport. (laughs) But she'll tell you where to get that. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. It is. Sign up, and she'll she'll take the the legwork of getting all your stuff taken care of, right? Right. It's awesome. It's not a... um, um, it's an expensive trip in, yes. in, in the sense that it's probably close to $5,000 per person. Right. And um, that's a lot of money for people nowadays. Um, but it's a it's a $10,000 investment that I think you don't get back uh, right. or get anywhere else. Exactly. You, know? uh, you get back in what you learn and the experience and being able to put places and names to the scripture that you're mm-hmm. reading all of your life. So it is well worth the investment, uh, even though it is expensive. Right. So yes, you were talking about the the investment. David and I both listen to the Bible when we're walking on the treadmill or working out at the gym. 
and he came home the other day so excited. He said, I was listening to Ezekiel today, and I could just picture in my mind this and this and this and this. And, right. and it, it does come alive. It, Kent Larson says it's the difference between reading it in black and white or seeing it in color. Yes, that's probably a good analogy. Mm -hmm. I guess one of the things that um, I remember most about my 2014 trip was a statement that our guide made and he's been the guy three of the four times that I've gone but his statement was you can know Christ without coming to Israel that is you can know the Messiah you can know what he has accomplished for us in his uh, substitutionary death and his uh, obedient life you can know Christ but you can't really know Jesus the man until you go to Israel um, you can know him better obviously and uh, I think that's true because it does bring Nazareth and Bethlehem and the places in Jerusalem, um, the Sea of Galilee. It brings that all to a place in which you see it in your mind yes. in yes. color rather than black and white print. And it gave, it gave me a, a better appreciation of how the stamina they must have had because I, I knew there were hills, but I didn't realize it was all uphill both ways. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everywhere you go is uphill. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's think about the trip. Just try to recap some of the moments and out of some of the days, Linda. I know that we left on May the 9th. Um, we met at Emory Baptist. Uh, Emory Baptist Church, Believers <laughs> Baptist Church. We had a couple from Emory Baptist Church that met us at the yes. airport, the Rouse's, um, John and Janice Rouse. But the, most of us um, met at Believers Baptist. We left Believers at 2.30 that afternoon mm -hmm. on May the 9th. And we caught our flight. Everybody met about 5.20, 5.30. We got through all the airport protocol uh and then we we waited for our flight mm -hmm. until later that night and stella likes to fly at night so that you can do at least some sleeping because it is a about a 12-hour flight from dallas to istanbul mm -hmm. that's where we went right and the flight is not fun no it's not and then you have a two-hour layover Two more hours on the plane to Tel Aviv, and then two hours in the bus up to Tiberias. Right. So we got to Tel Aviv about 8.30 on May the 10th. Yes. And then we had the two-hour bus drive to Tiberias, which is on the Sea of Galilee. And so it was close to midnight before we slept in a bed <laughs> yes. uh, after leaving <laughs> the airport or leaving Emory at 2.30 on May the 9th. Yes. So it is a long flight. Uh, you, do, you do not do a lot of sleeping. Um, it's just not comfortable. Um, the plane is big and it's crowded, um, but there's no room. If, if you, as a listener, fly, uh, you can probably relate and understand what I'm saying. Yes. It's just not comfortable. But the airline we flew, which was Turkish Airlines, provides a screen for each passenger and i watched a lot of movies <laughs> yes 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 you get a pillow you get a blanket that's uh, what i'm talking about yes uh when i fly i bring books um mm -hmm. I, I i've tried the movie thing but i, I find it easier for me to mm -hmm. like put in earbuds and read that's the that's the only thing i can and i can't sleep nobody can sleep on flights no. i don't know how, if you can 
you're like a superhuman. <laughs> right. Well, take a lot of Benadryl. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You could do it. But <laughs> It's true. Good point. Uh, yeah. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah. But our first day there after arriving at Tiberius and we were at the uh, Caesar Premier Hotel in Tiberius, which is right on the Sea of Galilee. Beautiful view from our hotel yes. balcony room. Yes. Our hotel room balcony, I should say. Yes. We came in in the dark. Yes. And the next, and didn't open our blinds. And the next morning, I walked over and opened the blinds, and it just took my breath away, yes. seeing the Sea of Galilee right out there stretched out in right. front of us. Right. It's it's still such an emotional mm-hmm. experience for me, and you can see that it's a it's a bowl. I mean, there mm-hmm. are hills all around it, which gives some explanation and credence when you're reading the scripture and you read about the storms on the Mm -hmm. sea of galilee when jesus stood and calmed the wind and the waves for Mm -hmm. example um you can see the natural um, topography of the mountains and the funneling of the wind that comes from the west it comes from off of the mediterranean sea through the desert off of the top of the mountains of the, around the Sea of Galilee and right on the Sea of Galilee, which is really a lake. Right. It's not a sea, uh, but it's a lake. It's about 13 miles long, about six, seven miles across. So it's not a huge body of water, but there's no word in Hebrew for lake. So that's why it's called the Sea of Galilee. Right. So you're, you're saying it's like a Texas-sized lake? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes, yeah. cool. I haven't been there. <laughs> right. But it's beautiful to see the sun coming up over the mountains. And, and then our first day, that was our first event. You get on a boat, um, and you go out on the Sea of Galilee, and you're able just to reflect and contemplate uh, what was going on 2,000 years ago around that area, some of those events, again, Jesus sleeping in the boat, Jesus calming the storm, Jesus walking on the water, all of that right on the sea. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, a lot of people, uh, this is probably something that we need to say that we didn't talk about. A lot of people say, why would you go? Because of the fighting that is always taking place over there. Um but you have to remember, first of all, that tourism is a big part of the economy of the nation of Israel. They roll out the red carpet. They are glad for you to be there. So there's no a sense of um, feeling that you're not welcome, you're not wanted. Uh, I don't ever feel that. Did you feel that at all? Linda? No, not except for maybe for some of the bus boys <laughs> at, at the buffets. Yeah, yeah, they were a little bit sullen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're um, they're they're not always happy. No. I suppose to <laughs> to do some of the the service that they give, but for the most part, the people are glad you're there. And I say that in parentheses because when you get on the boat on the Sea of Galilee. Those people are glad you're there. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> they make their living with Christians getting on their boat and going out on the Sea of Galilee. And once we're out there, why don't you speak a little bit about what we did on the boat, Linda? Uh, well, for the, the first thing we did is they they raised the American flag 
on the flagpole at the front of the boat next to the Israeli flag and played the Star Spangled Banner. And, of course, we all stood and sang. Yes. And uh, uh, then uh, we just, Jason had brought some song sheets, and we sang some hymns. And then uh, Jason brought a, a brief message. And they while, while we were doing that, they... Uh, we just floated in the middle. They turned off the engines, and we floated in the middle of the lake. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about Jesus walking on the water. That that really hit me out there. This this water, of course, I know it's turned over a million times since then, but right. Jesus walked here, mm-hmm. and Peter briefly, right, <laughs> and sank. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, and then then they finally told us that you know we had to go back because another boat was trying to come out right so. right they had to load up another group yes but i think it's interesting you know uh that they do uh play the star spangled banner mm-hmm. as if that's important to us and and, right. and i'm very patriotic right. have no problem with that it just seems a little awkward there <laughs> right. on, the, on the sea Galilee. oh and they did play some of their a couple of traditional israeli songs and taught us the dance that goes with them that's right <laughs> Personally, I can do without both of those things. Uh, I wanted to sing more hymns. Yes. You know, we were singing about Jesus. We, we were singing gospel hymns, and it that's would have been, why we're there. It would have been neat to sing a couple of psalm settings mm-hmm. um, there, you know. Right, right. So, um, okay, so uh, to help me out, so at what point of the, the trip uh, chronologically are we at? With it? Was this the first day? The very first day. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's move forward a little bit to the next couple of days. Um, what what else was a part of the trip after the Sea of Galilee and y'all had arrived? Well, after the Sea of Galilee, um, we did some other things. If you, uh, as a listener, are familiar with the city of Capernaum in the scripture, uh, we went to Nazareth Village, which mm-hmm. there's the city of Nazareth, which is modern-day Nazareth. But within the uh, city, there's a reenactment, if you will, a recreation of the Nazareth village as Jesus would have grown up in. And one of the highlights for me in my experiences of all the years that I've been there, the first time that I learned that there's a wine vat there cut in the stone, that Jesus as a child, because the um, Jews would have used children to crush the grapes to make the juice, um, if Jesus himself as a child, could have been in that very wine vat. Um, that, to me, is a, a highlight of the yes. whole trip. Right. Just that experience of, of that. It's emotional to me. And, uh, but they do a really good job of reenacting right. what it would have been mm-hmm. like in Jesus' day in Nazareth. Yeah, I especially liked the um, olive press. Yes. Uh, they have a, have a mill first where they would press the seeds and all. And then they put the pulp into a basket, and then they have the press, and they do three presses. And she, the guide that we had uh, through the village, equated those three presses to the three temptations uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the first one being priestly, and, and the second one being the cup of wrath, and then the third being where he, he, he sweat the drops of blood. And it was very emotional. That 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 got to me. That one. Yes, I remember the first time <laughs> I experienced that. It, it was very good. Yes. You, yeah. And you, um, maybe we should say this. What we have is a Jewish guide who gives us a lot of historical perspective, a lot of Jewish understanding, 
Um, he is not a Messianic Jew. That is, he doesn't believe savingly in Christ. Um, he's been doing it, our particular guide, for 40 years. So he knows how Christians think, what they believe, how they understand who Jesus was. Um, and so he's able to speak to those things. But he's the the Jewish perspective, and whereas I go as the Christian perspective right. and um, and not every stop do I speak but usually um, mm -hmm. there's this interaction between mm -hmm. he and I and we bounce back and forth with what's yes. being said I really enjoyed that part of it and by the way we're still just on the first day yes Wow. So we've got to, we've got to move yes. forward. Yes. Let's fast forward a little bit. Right. Uh, that first day though, let me just mention this. We went to Magnola, um, and that's always a, a, a good place to, to go because they've just recently opened that up. And if you're familiar with the character, Mary, um, of, of Magnola in the scripture, Mary Magdalene, then, uh, this is the village in which she would have lived. And there's a, a first century synagogue, the ruins of a first century synagogue there. Not everything that you go to is first century, and that is in the Holy Land. You go to churches that are fifth century, fourth century, but this is first century. That Jesus, probably as a good Jew, being obedient in his humanity, would have attended at that synagogue. It's, it's really a great spot. But moving on from there... Linda, you want to talk about uh, the, the next day or oh. one of the days that stand out to you? Well, the next day we started off at the um, the Jordan River where they do the baptisms. Uh, the first thing we got to see was that 2,000-year-old uh, fishing boat that they have found that was actually from the time of Jesus. And it was we saw a film about how they saved it and preserved it, and it was an amazing story. We got to see that, and then we went down to the river and four of us, four, four of the group, not myself, but four of the ladies were baptized in the Jordan. And it was cold, I understand. <laughs> it was it was cold. And, and of course, we make it clear that it's not, they've all been baptized um, uh, as a uh, symbol of their uh, saving relationship mm -hmm. with Christ and in union with Christ and, and as church membership. They just wanted to do it. Um, mm -hmm. as a as a moment of reflection. Right, right. Um, and then one of my favorite parts of the trip was later that day, we went and hiked up along the Jordan River up to its source. It was a little scary because there were places where there wasn't really a path. They were just big river rocks that were wet and slippery. Mm -hmm. But David got behind me and Gene Watson got in front of me so <laughs> and kept me from falling in the river. But along the way, we saw the ruins of the remains of Dan, which is where was it um, Rehoboam built, put his uh, Jeroboam. He, Jeroboam put the golden calf. Yes. And uh, then we also saw, and this is one of my favorite pictures I took, <coughs> the gate of Abraham. Yes. city gate which was built and they don't know for sure that abraham built it but it was built during the time of abraham and it was just amazing because i thought i always thought of them as being just tent dwellers mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. very simple people uh but we got to see that and and that was that was really impressive to me right it it what happened was that in the 
this was a new place that I had not seen before. Mm -hmm. So it was a new opportunity for me. But um, Dan was one of the 12 tribes. Joshua allotted all the land after conquering the land. Dan was allotted a place on the coast where the Philistines lived. They weren't able to settle there. They moved up north, and they were able to, to capture a city all the way up near Mount Hermon, all the way up near Caesarea Philippi. And if you're a listener and you're familiar with your scripture, you know Caesarea Philippi is where Peter made his great confession. And so we went to Dan, and when Jeroboam, this is years later, Jeroboam uh, became king of the divided kingdom, and he was king of the northern half, Israel, not Judah and Benjamin, which is the southern kingdom, but the northern kingdom. He didn't want people to go to Jerusalem to worship as had been commanded by God. So he built a golden calf shrine in the north and all the way down in the south. He built one at Bethel, and he mm -hmm. built one up north um, at uh, the, the city of Dan that you're talking about. That city, they uncovered, when Dan captured that city, they covered up the Abraham Gate. It's called the Abraham Gate. And the reason it's called that is because in Genesis, um, when you see that Abraham went and rescued Lot in Genesis 18, the scripture says that Abraham pursued him all the way to Dan. And so the question is, as you made reference to, did Abraham walk on these stones mm -hmm. and walk through that gate? Right. We don't know, mm -hmm. but it is a time, that gate is at a time when Abraham um, existed. And, and the cities, even like you have Sodom and Gomorrah, mm -hmm. those were cities that were destroyed. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just tent dwelling, you know, the Bedouin the right. shepherding kind of lifestyle that was mm -hmm. tent dwelling, but there were actual cities mm -hmm. and that was a great experience and going to the mm -hmm. headwaters of the Jordan yes, way up mm -hmm. there was beautiful mm -hmm. and I had not been up there. And so that was a highlight for me, mm -hmm. but uh, Caesarea Philippi is a unique place and um, uh, a place even as uh, we said in Matthew 16, mm -hmm where Peter makes his great confession. Right. So we were all up north on the first part of the trip, and then the latter half of the trip, you go down south. Now, up north, we went to, like, the place where Jesus um, confronted Peter and said, feed my sheep three times. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to the Mount of Beatitudes um, up there, and then we went down south, as I said, to Jerusalem. When we got down to Jerusalem, one of the first things we do is go up on Mount Scopus, which is opposite uh, Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, the Kitron Valley between the two. And you go up on Mount Scopus and you get this first kind of panoramic view of the city. Was was that special for you, Linda? Yes, yes, it was. I, rem I remember the first time. Of course, the Jewish guy, he's, he's playing a... Um, 
a song about Jerusalem <laughs> as we're coming into yeah. the city. Yeah, that got to me too. <laughs> yes, that 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 is uh, weepy. Right. It was a, a beautiful song. It was very confusing though because it it's so dense. Jerusalem is so dense, and it was hard when he was pointing. See that dome over there? Well, I see about six. Yeah, right. You know, it was it's sometimes hard to see exactly what he was pointing out. But right. We had several opportunities to overlook Jerusalem. So right. So we, we arrived there and on Mount Scopus. We went to our hotel. It was late in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, we did a lot of what we read in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Mount of Olives, Garden of Gethsemane, uh, the place in which Jesus, remember, mm-hmm. wept for Jerusalem. Oh, mm-hmm. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would gather you as a hen does mm-hmm. her chicks, but you yes. would not. Yeah, And you skipped over another one of my favorite days, which is... When we went to Masada and Qumran. Oh, yes. That was really the first day of Jerusalem. Uh-huh. After yeah. we got to mm-hmm. Jerusalem, right. the next morning, we went to Masada and Qumran. Yes. Uh, the Dead Sea. Uh-huh. Did you float in the Dead Sea? I did. I didn't get any pictures, though, because we got separated. So- Sonia was going to take pictures, and we never found her when we were down there. Oh, so. my goodness, yeah. <laughs> I didn't go down. I sat up and... Oh, uh, you watched the bags. <laughs> yeah, I watched the bags and sat with Ronnie, our guide. Uh-huh. And uh, drink a Coke, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but that was that's a neat experience mm-hmm. to float on the Dead Sea. It is. Everybody it is. needs to do that once. Yes, once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all it takes. Yes, yes. Because yes, it you float for five minutes and then you fight for about fifteen minutes to get a shower and and get back into your dry clothes and you know then yeah. you got wet hair all day. Right, so. right. It's not an American beach experience. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> But but I'm glad you mentioned that because Masada is fantastic oh, too. Absolutely, mm. uh, the history there is just amazing. Well, t- tell us as we kind of we need to you know trim this one down a little bit and kind of wrap this one up. Tell us as we're closing. Tell us some about this Masada the day you said you really liked this one. It was a very impactful day. Talk, talk to well, us a little bit about that. Well, bit. you know, it, uh, the history of that is that it's the place the the final where the final stand of the rebels in the, when Rome over. Ran Jerusalem in 70 AD, and they retreated about 965 or something like that. Retreated to the top of Masada, which Herod had built as a retreat for himself and it supplied with food and water and all this. So they stayed there for three years until the Roman finally uh, sieged and, and came up, and they they ended up killing themselves rather than be taken as slaves. And uh, there's a lot of history up there. Uh, they even have the room where they found the actual tiles that the last 10 men used to draw who would be the final man who would kill the last 10 men and then kill himself. And they found those with their names written on them. They didn't have them there. It's in the museum somewhere, but they had a picture of them. Uh, and just a lot of things. You could see um, Herod had built his palace on the face of it. It looks kind of like Petra, but we didn't get to go down there. It was kind of, but anyway, and it's amazing the things that he had air conditioning in there uh, because he would he had a, a place where the wind would blow in, and it started with a, a large tunnel, and it got smaller as it went in further, so it forced the air in so he could sit on his porch and have cold air built, blowing over him. They had a spa where they had a steam room and a cold room, and I won't go into the details of how that works, but it was it was just amazing. And then we found there was a, a Jewish scribe sitting up there in one of the little cubby holes where he has, has an office and goes up there every day and copies scripture. Wow. 
That's fascinating. It is. Fa- the Masada story is fascinating. Anyway, it's not mentioned in Scripture because it happens after mm-hmm. Scripture. But um, as far as as far as the what is happening within New Testament mm-hmm. Scripture, uh, but it's a fascinating story, and don't have time to go into all the details. But uh, I appreciate what you have said mm-hmm. um, about it, uh, Linda, because it is a good place to go, uh, even though there's not a lot of a lot of biblical history. The connection is with Herod the Great, mm-hmm. who was masterful builder he built masada he built the temple mount um and he built uh, caesarea maritima caesarea maritima which is caesarea by the sea yeah um, that was amazing that too. was a fantastic <laughs> side as well i mean they even had a racetrack <laughs> chariot races for yes the, um, uh, see Ben Hur, right? You know, <laughs> and they are they are excavating a place, a, a hole in the ground that they think is the place where Paul was held. Oh wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, well, we got ahead because the first day when we got to Jerusalem was Masada, Dead Sea, Qumran. Who we didn't say a mm-hmm. lot about that, but that's of course the the community in which the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Um, were found. Mm-hmm. Then the next day was the Mount of Olives, mm-hmm. the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, we went to Bethlehem. Yes. So we left Jerusalem mm-hmm. and went to Bethlehem. Which was interesting because we, Bethlehem is, is it wasn't it in Bethlehem? We had to go through a checkpoint to get there? Yes. Because it's not in Israeli hands right now. It's Palestinian controlled. And we did, uh, when we went to Jericho also, we had to go through a checkpoint. Right. But, Those are the only two places that are mm-hmm. totally Palestinian right. controlled. There's other areas that are half controlled by the Palestinians mm-hmm. and half not. Now, the mm-hmm. Israel is the Israel um, owns the or controls the property, but it's totally a Palestinian city right. in both Jericho and Bethlehem. Right. I think that's where we rode the camels. No, that was yeah. In, that was in Jer- Jer- Jericho. Jericho. Run, yeah. run. Some of our group rode camels. Some of our group did. Yeah. We did not. Right. <laughs> and that's another story. You'll, we'll have to get yes. that in later. Yes. But tell the last day. Go ahead. What was your? The last day um, was in the old city, Jerusalem, and we uh, went to the the Via Dolorosa, and we went to the Garden Tomb, and this was the most touristy place places that we went to they were crowded and and sometimes there was not much to see when you got through the crowds and got to the line because it was all covered up with icons and and all of this kind of thing but the final thing that we saw was the garden tomb which was beside what they believe is Golgotha and and then uh, we we saw they don't say that it's Jesus tomb but a tomb like one there's a garden right adjacent to where uh, Golgotha was and then the final thing we did there, they have little chapels built into the side of the rock. And I don't know if they're actually carved in rock or if they if they built them up, but it looks like you're inside a tomb. Um, but they have benches for you to sit on. And we had, had uh, the Lord's Supper there. Yeah. And before before Jason served us, we, he, we went around and shared what had meant to us. And that was a very sweet time. That was That's sort of the highlight. Mm-hmm. That's the pinnacle yes. of the trip. Um, because you get the chance to share. Yes. Um, so I want to say this, the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, that's the traditional site of the crucifixion and the resurrection. And um, there are six different churches yes. 
um, that own the facilities. Mm -hmm. And so there is a lot of um, icon and mm -hmm. incense and lighting. And um, it's not anything what you mm -hmm. would hope it would be. No, no. It's, it's very touristy. And, and um, Bethlehem is the same way. Mm -hmm. you, you get to go down to the cave. And right. I put that in air quotes. Uh, supposedly where he was born. Uh, it Sometimes it takes two hours to, mm -hmm. to wait through the line. Um, so as a listener, if you plan to go um, sometime in the future, uh, just keep in mind that um, these sites, the church, and particularly the Roman Catholic Church and Eastern Greek or, or Eastern Orthodox Church has control of these places. Mm -hmm. So there's elements of the worship that yes. um, wouldn't necessarily be what we mm -hmm. would do as right. Christians. But the, the garden tomb is unbelievable. Yes, it is. And I enjoyed the Temple Mount, even though, uh, you know, it's a lot of it is not is, is under the Muslim control. Uh, and, and David and I had to be careful not to hold hands on that part of it. Cause yes, <laughs> yes. Well, well, of course, that's where the Dome of the Rock is. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Israel controls the security for the mm -hmm. Temple Mount. The Muslims control the morality. Yes. And so you, you can't hold hands as a couple. Women have to be fairly covered yeah. up. Shoulders no, shoulders and knees covered. Right. No skin. Mm -hmm. Can't take a Bible. Can't wear your Christian T-shirt. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's more, the morality is mm -hmm. watched very heavily up right. there. But there were still things that you could see and places where, like that last place we stopped, um, uh, where the steps were, mm -hmm. and uh, Ronnie, our guide, told the story about someone had asked him, uh, it was somebody famous, I can't remember who, but had said, they'd asked him what he wanted to see, and he said, I want you to take me somewhere that Jesus walked. And so he took him to those steps because he said, I know Jesus was in the temple, and some of the part of these steps are original. And he said, I know he would have walked here. Yes. Uh, so some of, some of it was, was very touching. It's the southern entrance to yes. the Temple Mount. Right. And there would have been first century stones mm -hmm. that Jesus actually would have walked on right. to get up to the Temple Mount, which is a magnificent complex even now. Yes. Uh, but uh, certainly it was when Herod the Great mm -hmm. built it. Right. And we saw the Wailing Wall. Um, uh, the, Wailing Wall, Western what, Wall, whatever right. they call it. What Americans call the Wailing right. Wall. Right, right. And there's a lot more that we could say. Yes. <laughs> there is so much that um, would um, commend, be commendable to right. speak about. But just briefly, we hope that the listeners were able to get uh, something that they right. think, oh, I want to go. Yes. Yeah, please, please go and please contact the church. We'll give you the information. Love for you to go and be a part of the next group, October of 2024. Yeah, and I would say uh, uh, both of y'all as well as several of the other folks who were on the trip, if you have more questions about what happened on the trip, go find these folks off Absolutely. air. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure they have much more yes, we'll things to talk about. We'll talk your ear off. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, read so. the Range County Leader and you'll read Linda's articles, I'm <laughs> sure, for the next uh, several weeks. Sure. Well, I don't, I don't know, but it, I, I did write one that came out today about it. So. Uh. Right. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. Listener, thank you again for taking your time to listen to the Asking for a Friend podcast. And we sure hope it's been a blessing 
to you today. Don't forget, like and share the podcast with someone that you think might benefit from it. Uh, Share it via email, text message, social media, however you share media. Please get these podcasts out. Uh, Don't forget, you can submit a question to us to consider at a future date. Go to bbcemory.org. Go to the media tab, scroll to the bottom, and there's a place that you can submit us a question. But as usual, until next time, grace and peace be with you.